Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you ask the questions and we give the answers about all things trading and investing. Tonight we're going to explore trading on daily charts versus trading on weekly charts and the million dollar mistakes that traders are making. We'll also take a look at some major world currencies and commodities, along with analysing your stocks, answering your questions and a whole lot more. Hello and welcome, I'm Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now I love Tuesday nights as I get seriously excited about helping you really understand the realities of the stock market and trading, along with exploding some of those myths that are holding you back from profiting more. Now before we get into tonight's show, remember the chat box is off to the right of your screen. And to post a question, you need to be logged into YouTube. So get typing your questions and I'll get to as many as I quest, many questions as I can. I don't think my mouth's working tonight, guys, so it's a bit cold here in Melbourne. Now, as you can see, I'm on my own tonight as Janine had a commitment that she just really couldn't get out of. So I gave her the night off. She was here this afternoon. However, that doesn't mean you won't get to see her as first up tonight, we're actually going to look at some of the world's major currencies and commodities. So a little earlier, Janine snuck into the studio and put her senior analyst hat on and put the following segment together for you. So when we come back, I'll take a look at your questions and stocks. Hi everyone, I hope you're sitting back and relaxing while enjoying a hot cuppa or your favourite drink. First up tonight, we're going to look at a couple of commodities and some currencies. I want to show you how um, some of the history formed, on, particularly in the commodities, and then what's likely to occur over the coming months. So let's get on to the charts. All right, let's get into the first one. Now, this commodity is actually oil. So I'm looking at Lightsweed uh, crude oil futures. You can see on the chart there, this is the monthly chart, of course. Now, it's not the full history of the oil prices. You'll see it only goes back to um, the 80s. There is a chart, the data you can get that will cover the full history of oil. But right now, I'm just mainly interested in this current move and where the pattern is and what's likely to happen in the coming months. So you can see on the chart there that we've had some big declines in the oil price. Notice the all-time high, always an important thing to look at, July 2008. And remember what was happening on our market in 2008. We saw that the biggest part of the decline on our um, on our stocks occurred in the second half of 2008. And our market had already peaked well and truly in 2007 before the commodities started to fall away. So then you can see what happened after um, this. So this is why the commodities are, are not... And because... 
when people are trading them, they're often trading leveraged instruments and it's not the space for people to be trading um, who are, have in, are inexperienced. This you needed to be trading for, for years to do really well um, on in this space. And look, um, you can see similarities between the stocks and the commodity in question and how they move. They might not, may not be synced all the time and move together, but often you can see this happening. And Woodside is a good example uh, when we're looking at oil. Now, you can see the black dashed line that I've got there is indicating potential support for the oil price. And so far this month, it's showing that it's pushing off this low, which is a good sign. We saw the decline that occurred here in October 2018. Now, the big fall that happened, about 45% decline, which wiped out the previous year's profit, was this fiasco going on with Trump and OPEC and the, the um, decision about you know, the Fed wanting to raise interest rates at the time and then um, Trump saying, well, there's no justification for it. And as soon as the oil fell so dramatically, there definitely wasn't. But since then, it's recovered. So it's tracking more to what where it wants to be. I've got an upside here. If the oil price trades above this high in May 2019, which is around that uh, $63.65 mark, we should see it head up into this zone up here around the $90 mark. So that's all for oil at the moment. Um, I've got copper here on the screen. Now you can see with the copper price, it's largely been trading sideways over many years. So this is all one massive sideways move. Okay, in the middle of that, we've had some big dips. You can see here the big decline again in 2008, second part of 2008. Notice another commodity that just dropped out of bed during that time and eventually recovered to make a new all-time high in February 2011. Now, just remember that a lot of the mining stocks actually had their declines in 2011 and fell away, um, a lot of them more to the middle of 2011 or, or second quarter. And we've seen this copper price actually turned before that. So a good indicator that those stocks may be affected once it started really falling away, which we saw in October 2011. And highs were getting lower. Notice how these highs were getting lower, indicating more bearish stance on the copper price. So there's a lot of things there um, that we teach in the course that um, allowed people to recognise what was actually going on and how bearish this was going to become. Now, see what's happening more recently. We can see all these lows forming, a bit of support happening. Um, on this commodity, and but it's not. There's no confirmation, and remember, we only trade on confirmation, not speculation. We're waiting for some confirmed rules or entry rules to trigger. Now, what we want to see is for this the copper price to trade above this level. The world. This is actually the um, the world index copper index trade above this two ninety um, point mark. And if it can do that, it's more likely to rise. If it falls below this level here in January 19, it's more likely to continue the decline. Um, so that's probably all I've got to say at this point on those two commodities. Now let's move into the currencies, Australian dollar versus US dollar. Now there are a number of major currency pairs that are traded um, across the world. The Australian US dollar is one of them. Of course, Australia, um, US dollar, Japanese yen is another one. I've got that to show you shortly. Now, you can see here that um, big support lines. I've marked a couple of lines for you on the chart. One just below that 70 cent mark, which is where our dollar is currently testing. It's been testing this level now all the way back since 2015 when it first fell down to this level here in late 2015. 
Now you can see that it still hasn't confirmed that it's going to rise from this level. So I've marked a few important levels underneath. If it continues to fall, which at the moment it looks like it may do, then the next level is closer to 63 cents. If we see a bit of a recovery, and I, I really say this, that you know the dollar needs to get back above the 70 cent mark and strongly above that level and continue up for a couple of months to confirm that it's going to keep rising. One big move up uh, in a month is not really going to tell us anything. As you'll see here, I mean, look what happened in January 2019. It had four months up, really strong, still not indicating that it was going to continue to rise. And at the time, it was likely to be sitting below a trend line as well, which is not, which is indicating it could keep bouncing down below that line and continue lower. So there's our dollar. Um, looking at the US dollar and Japanese yen, uh, we can see there that really a sideways move is unfolding on this um, currency. A sideways move is unfolding on this currency pair. So that means that the lows were actually getting lower or not um, strongly higher. And until we see this um, currency pair head back above this high here in April 2019, you know, there's no real confirmation that it's going to continue to rise. So we're looking here at a potential decline if it takes out the low of $104.80. So these are all the, the way that we look at commodities and currencies is very similar to how we look at stocks. The same sort of things. You can use all the analysis that we teach to trade stocks, currencies, commodities, um, any market, whatever you choose. It's just about getting that solid foundation. So I hope you've enjoyed the discussion on currencies today and commodities. I'm going to bring more of this um, type of um, this, this area of the market to you down the track and, and discuss some of the other aspects of it. So I hope you enjoy the show tonight. It's back to Dale now. Hey, wasn't that really interesting of Janine? And I'm sure you all got a lot out of it. Um, Janine actually came out of the recording studio and said uh, she could have gone on for about an hour just talking about commodities and currencies because she's quite passionate about gold and, and copper and, and quite a few other of the commodities. And she was going to talk about international um, um, pairs, currency pairs, that sort of stuff. And uh, I said to her, Janine, you've only got about five or six minutes. So, um, but uh, you know what she's like when she gets the charts um, in front of her, she goes a bit wild there. But uh, as I said, I'm sure you really enjoyed that. But let's get into our first question. This one's from Kerry. We got a number of questions emailed in. Um, we got questions on the YouTube channel. I even got questions from Facebook, let alone just the chat from tonight. So, but um, this first one was uh, from Carrie. He says, hi, stumbled across your program and enjoyed it. So thanks very much for that, Carrie. He says, I'll tune in next Tuesday. So hopefully you're on now. He said, I'd like your opinion on QUB and SYD. So both have been in a consolidation phase for a number of years. QUB has broken through the all-time high resistance and SYD looks just about two. Both are infrastructure stocks like TCL, which had a similar chart and broke through resistance a few months ago. So what's your opinion on QUB and SYD? So he also asked about the process for looking at stocks and streaming. So basically, if you want us to look at stocks or streaming, you just send us an email, get on the YouTube or get onto the other chat. But let's go and have a look at the charts right now. And we'll go and have a look at QUB and SYD. So on the screen right now, on the left-hand side, you'll see a chart 
part of QUD, uh, sorry, yeah, QUB. So this is Cube Holdings. This is a, a very, very good stock, actually. Uh, and as you said, there was a consolidation phase between January 2015 today. So you can see this big long, if I use a horizontal line, where's the horizontal line? See what I need Janine for to, to be able to do that? Just let me use a trend line then. I'll go sideways on a trend line. So you can see this consolidation phase through here, but it has broken above this high at $2.98. It broke through quite recently. So I think it's looking really good. Looking at the history of this stock, you've got to look at how stocks unfold. And you'll remember that with Janine and I, we constantly talk about price, pattern, and time. So what is price doing? And price makes pattern, time makes pattern. And what it is actually doing, whether it's rising, falling, how it's rising and falling, um, the time it takes in price, the speed, the momentum, all sorts of different things we take into consideration when we're looking at stocks. And right now, this breakout is a really, really nice sign for this stock. And I think it's got further to go, actually. I think it's it's quite a nice looking stock at this point in time. Um, I think you're perfectly right in waiting for it to get through this level. Sometimes when you see a stock break through these sorts of resistance levels, you'll get what they call um, a vacuum. And it'll push up in price quite quickly. So you see it break through that level. So if I just drag that up here, you see them break through the level quite quickly. And then they come back to touch its head, touch the price touches its head back on that level and maybe even drop below it before taking off again. So just be careful of this when having rules around that. I know a lot of traders look at support and resistance levels and they look on daily charts and we will talk about those um, in a little while anyway. So, but what you'll often see is the stock move through the level and then come back onto it and it catches some traders out. But I don't think this stock will do it. I think it is looking quite nice. Just quickly onto the onto the weekly chart. So far this week, we've only got two bars in it. It's a bit of an inter, in, um, inside bar at this point in time. But if this closed a bit lower, it might be doing what I would suggest. But right now it does look good. Um, SYD is also a nice looking stock. And again, let's go straight to that monthly chart and have a good look at it. And you can see here again how it went sideways for a few years since May 2016. And again, it's broken through that level and it's looking nice. But we've got a little bit more data on this. We've seen a, a nice move up pull back right down into March 2009 where the bottom of the GFC is and it's been a beautiful run up since then consolidation phase here so I think this is going to be a nice move up on this stock too so I think they'll both really really good picks from you Kerry so I think that's how you say it Kerry um, very very nice picks from you and I think you'll do well on both of these stocks uh, depending on your rules but what I would also suggest you watch out for is the speed of the rise coming out of this it's not going to take that uh, if I show you what I mean. If if I just go through there and you can say, okay, that's the average speed of the move of this stock. You can see if I drag this line over here, it's a hell of a lot faster. Its angle is a lot, lot, lot faster. And so things that will run fast, they always do slow down to the norm um, or what is the norm. And that's why I look at that's these things on a monthly chart. So it might take off like a rocket, but then it might run out of steam quite fast. And it depends on whether you're short, medium or long term in your outlook. But again, really, really, really good um, stocks to pick. So let's go and have a quick look at the chat forum. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the chat forum today. I know somebody asked about um, the platform that we use uh, this the software platform we use optimo is not a platform uh, and this is where a lot of people get um, things wrong optimo is a software package that sits on my pc or sits on the pc that you're actually watching platforms i never do any analysis on platforms and platforms are on webs 
uh, on websites such as brokers websites those sorts of things i never do any analysis on them i find them pretty useless actually um and a lot of the tools on them, and they're all really designed to get you excited about all this stuff on the platform, so you trade a hell of a lot more. But uh, this is a professional trader's package. I mean, anybody can actually purchase the package if they want. Um, but unless you really understand how to trade, it's a bit of overkill for a lot of beginners. And most people on this uh, YouTube channel are more beginners. Excuse me, my voice, my voice is a little bit croaky tonight, as you saw a little bit earlier. But let's go up to the top. Um, we've got uh, Death Bomb. He said, "Hi guys, love your show. Apologies if I've done this recently. Would like uh, like you to look at Len Lee. Um He said EPS forecast over the next two years from 81 to 161. So that's really good. P at 16 and dividend yield at four percent. So let's go and have a look at Len Lease on the chart. So let's just bring that up on the screen right now. Um, and you can see here on the screen that Len Lease has had a big fall from this high back in, uh, what's that one? August 2018. So it had a high of that 21.73 and it fell very, very heavily. So if I use my little tool here, you'll see, <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me, guys, I'm coughing again. Um, you see how it's fallen 49.24% there. So it's fallen quite heavily. And we're seeing one, two, three, four, five uh, months up on this chart at the moment. And it's really starting to look good, but it's moving up in a nice trend. So I think it's actually going to continue to move on here and break through that high in the not too distant future because we've seen 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, <clears throat> if I can clear my throat, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, that's in a nice medium term uptrend right now. Um, so I would expect it to break through that high over the coming weeks. It is looking quite nice. The EPS is supporting it. That's a really one of the major things that I would look at in terms of it, being the EPS being strong and that growth strong. <coughs> From there, the PE ratio, I'm not too fussed about and the dividend yield is pretty good as well. So it is looking quite nice. Sorry about this. Janine's not here and I'm struggling with my voice. Normally she, I've been right for the last couple of weeks. So the next one we've got, um, Laurie Magni, Magri says, uh, just talking on leverage from last week, because our main subject last week was on leverage. Um, if you have a downturn in your portfolio, you still need to be able to cover the shortfalls. Is this correct? Thanks. And yeah, when you're leveraging, um, what we're talking about last week is leveraging, you know, using leverage instruments like CFDs or FX, uh, those sorts of uh, instruments. And when you're leveraging, you put up a margin to get a gain of a larger, larger, much larger exposure. But just as you can make money, you lose it. But you need to be putting the money into your margin account every day if it's going against you. Because when you're leverage trading with things like CFDs and FX, etc., it's called marked to market. And what that means is every day, they settle up the position. So if you, if the position goes in your favor, you will get the broker paying money into your margin account. If the position goes against you, it comes out of your margin account. So if the position continually goes against you for a few days or a few weeks, then you're going to be continually putting money into your account. And some of those instruments, you can uh, make an infinite amount of money or you can lose 100% of your margin and more, depending on what you're actually doing. So it is very, very wise to be careful about that. And that's why if we're leveraging 
and margin trading, we suggest that people, and most of the people on this channel shouldn't be doing this, and probably, as I said, about 90% of the people on this channel shouldn't be doing it, because you've all told us that you're more beginners or under trading under around a year or max, and so uh, leveraging like this is really should be for experienced traders so that you do make money. But it is a, a really, really, really good question there from Laurie. So uh, then we've got Geppert. He said, hi team, love the show. I'm making this a regular event. So thanks, Geppert. Um, recently, Dale was liking Challenger um, or CGF. Fundamentals look good and price seems uh, at value. What's the technical saying? Thanks in advance. I've had a few questions on Challenger. I think there was a couple of others, and I think there was one from, um, is it Mick King? That's no, not Mick King. It was Simon. He said, hi, Dale. Wondering if you can take a look at Challenger Limited, which has experienced a fallen share price due to the loss of one of their executives. That's interesting. Um, is it a still still a share to have a look at? It's gone from $8 down to 6 Can you give me your opinion? So I had a couple of questions there from different people, but let's go and have a look at Challenger. Now, let me just bring this up on my screen. There it is there. Okay, now you can see the big fall that they were talking about. It hit down earlier this month down to $6.22. That's a massive, massive fall. So if you can look at our little tool here, and right now I wouldn't touch this stock at all. And pretty much that's as simple as what I would get. Um, yeah, there might be some fundamentals maybe improving a whole range of things, but a stock's down 56%. Just looking at this chart, uh, look, it's got further to go. It's, it is in a confirmed bear market at this point in time. And as we keep saying to you, always trade on confirmation, not speculation. And just because price has fallen on a stock doesn't mean it is a good buy. And we find too many people catching a falling knife, so to speak, where they're buying stocks that have fallen away heavily and they're trying to buy them simply because they think they're cheaper. And I'm not suggesting those two uh, questions or those people asking those questions were trying to do that sort of stuff. But right now, this is falling. It's got further to fall. I think you're probably looking at somewhere. It's gone below $7. I, I Look, I think it could come up around about that $4 mark by looking at at this three four dollar mark before it's going to find any support at this point in time so right now thanks for the questions but i don't have any good news for you at this point in time um we've got one more let's do one more stock on here so what is it um rb said g'day guys really appreciate your work thanks guys um have a great show thank you um um, RB's asking about Kogan, but he's also asked another question. Is the fee for your course tax deductible? Yeah, a lot of people do claim a bond tax, RB, so, um, but best person to talk to is your accountant because they do your tax returns. So, but we do have a lot of students pay for it with their self-managed super funds and or through the, um, and claim it on tax. So, but I can't, I'm not a tax agent, so I can't actually give you that advice, but a lot of people do. But uh, he's asking for, um, what's the stock you're asking for, RB? I think it was Kogan, wasn't it? We were looking at, no, Kogan. Uh, yeah, it was Kogan. So let's have a look at Kogan and we'll get back. Where is it? Kogan's over here. I'm a bit lost with that, Janine, aren't I, guys, especially with my voice a little bit. Right now, Kogan, <clears throat> it's been a quite an interesting stock at this point in time because um, the last 
few weeks, it's been down a little bit, which is quite interesting, but it did have a nice low down back in November last year. It had its low a lot earlier than the rest of the market. So with most of the market had that low in December that we were looking at. So it's a pretty huge fall in terms of Kogan, in terms of its share price. You can see there, 73.9% it fell. Now, the interesting fact with Kogan is if we look at this, we've had one, two, three months up, one down, one, two months up, and a very indecisive moving down. But that angle that it's on, this is what I was talking about a little earlier, that stocks will run along an angle or a momentum. And understanding that, it's just coming back to that level. But how far will it go? If it goes through that level there at $3.38, then it's going to probably go right through that level at $2.61. And I'm just going to put on one of my little tools and I'll tell you, I think this is weak. Right now, I think it's quite weak. I think it's probably likely to go through there and it probably may even go through that at $2.61. That's sort of my thinking at the moment, what I'm seeing right now. So I'd be staying right out of this stock and waiting for it, even though it did do a nice movement up here. And this is where a lot of traders get caught in stocks that are bearish because there are things in the market called trends and counter trends. And what I find a lot of traders do is they trade counter trends rather than actual trends. And there's an old saying in trading, don't trade with the trend, the trend is your friend, always trade with the trend. Um, but what I find is when I talk with lots of people wanting to trade um, or telling me they've been trading for a little while, I, most of them can't explain to me what a trend is. Um, in be, in being an articulate asking, understanding what a trend is, other than a real surface level, like you know, it's prices that are rising or prices that are falling, that's a trend. No, it's not just that. There are a lot of components of trends to understand them, and it takes us a while to teach our students how to break it all up and understand really what a trend is. Is it a short-term trend? Is it a medium-term trend? Is it a long-term trend? Is it just a counter-trend move? Is it just a short-term fluctuation in the opposite direction to the trend? And what's the likelihood of it starting to fall away? Is that trend trend strong or is it just a weak trend? And understanding all this makes you less inconsistent and much more consistent in your trading. And when you're more consistent in your trading, you're going to make a hell of a lot more money. So to me, it's one of those things you need to look at. But right now, Kogan is really not uh, a stock that I'd be looking at. And there's a few around that that I wouldn't be looking at at this point in time. But um, now I want to go into the topic for tonight's show, um, which is daily versus weekly charts. And how to use daily charts is literally costing traders millions of dollars. Now, you really might be surprised to hear this, but it's true that traders lose millions of dollars every year because they follow the herd and trade with daily charts. Now, which in my opinion is like having your face planted up against a brick wall when it comes to trading the stock market. And often, so I've literally met people that have made a million dollars in a year and lost it in a few weeks or a few months. Um, dozens of people that made half a million dollars, 100 to a million, 100,000 to a million dollars in, in a year or months, and then they lose it all again because what they're doing is they're playing the herd and being a sheep in the marketplace rather than stalking it. So really what's going on is they're looking at different fluctuations and it gives them a false sense of reality and what's going on. So what I'm about to share is a true story of someone who was trading a million dollar portfolio before he completed his education with us. Now, he was trading the market using daily charts like everybody does. And all you need to do is open, go to any website, um, go to any broker portal, um, go to uh, go to any bookstore and buy the books, um, go to 
any sort of YouTube channel and, and you'll see everybody's talking on daily charts. You open up a chart on the, the ASX, it's a daily chart. You open up a chart on a broker portal, it's a daily chart. And why do they do that? And the, the interesting thing is it's they want you to trade more. Uh, because the more you trade, the more money they make. And that's really what it's about. So trading during, using daily charts, uh, you'll get very mixed results. And this person was getting very mixed results and with more losses than wins. And some of you may relate to that, that you're getting more losses than wins. Or you might get the occasional big win and lots of little losses that actually take your money. So you're not really getting anywhere. Well, on the first day, uh, this person in our was uh, undertaking our course. He actually sent me a chart of a trade he'd taken because he, he actually just wanted to know what he did wrong. So I'm going to show you what he did wrong. I'm going to bring up a PowerPoint presentation. I'm going to show you some charts. Now, these first charts that I'm going to show you are in uh, my book, Accelerate Your Wealth, because I actually do this story in my book, Accelerate Your Wealth. So um, because it was a daily chart. So the first chart I'm going to sh oh, I'm going to put it onto. Let me put it onto a slideshow so you can see um, here what I'm talking uh, talking about. But the first chart you can see it's a stock called Cochlear. So everybody's very very familiar of Cochlear in terms of it's a it's a great stock. If you'd bought Cochlear when it first floated and held it for this time, you'd probably make about I think it's about twenty percent per annum just by owning Cochlear. Now you can see that on the the chart on the screen it's a daily chart of Cochlear, and as you can see, he entered the trade in two thousand and eleven when the stock was trading at seventy five dollars and two cents. And as he had, what he traded because he had identified that it was an important resistance level. Now, before entering the trade, he did one thing right, which was to set a stop loss. And as you can see, he was prepared to risk less than 7% of his capital in the trade. Now, he put that stop loss at 7%, or you can see there, 6.65% on the slide. Now, that's too tight a stop loss in my book as before Cochlear, but that's another story. He did the right thing by setting a stop loss. Now, moving on to the next slide, you'll see initially the stock rose around 3.3% before falling away heavily. Now, as the stock fell away, the client was stopped out at around about 20% below his buy price. And as a result, he suffered a 20% or $20,000 loss. Now, you might be saying to me, why did he get stopped out at 20% if he had a 7% stop loss? Well, obviously, if you look at the screen there, you can see here that the last close was here and then it gapped down to there. So he wasn't at a 7% stop loss up the top, but when it hit the bottom, he was. Um, when it opened up down on that bottom bar, he was at a 20% stop loss. So that's where his stop loss would have been enacted. Sorry, again, my voice was going to be croaky again. So the million dollar question is, is, it really isn't whether he should have set a tighter stop loss. The point is that he should have never have been in the trade in the first place. So let's take a look at what the client should have considered before entering the trade. Now on this next slide, you'll see it's a weekly chart of Cochlear. And as you can see at the time that the client entered the stock on the daily chart, there was actually no entry on the weekly chart as Cochlear had been falling for 18 weeks just prior to entering or making his entry. Now this highlights why being too focused on the short term and not understanding the bigger picture can kill your trading results. As you know, every time Janine and I bring up charts with you, there's always a monthly chart on the left and a weekly chart on the right. And we do that for a reason. 
And it's interesting, and I've said this before, it's interesting that when people are wanting to learn to trade and then they see professionals like Janine and I and look at monthly and weekly charts, then they've got a better opinion and they go, no, I want to look at daily charts. Uh, and they get sucked into that herd mentality. So looking at the monthly chart, you can see now, this is the monthly chart on your screen at this point in time. You can see that at the time the client entered the trade, the stock appeared to be reversing in direction, which is evident by that big blue outside bar, or the last bar on that chart. So you can see he was thinking that it was reversing. Now, he may not have looked at the monthly chart. I don't know. I can't remember exactly a lot of the details. But as the stock was still technically falling in a downtrend, and there was no confirmation that the trend was changing. It was only speculation that he had that, and he thought it might change. And I get a lot of people saying that, oh, look, I think it's going to do this, or it might do that, or it could do this. And they're all just wishful thinking rather than solid trading. So having that uh, might change, you can understand why I consider this type of trading gambling and what the client was doing was actually very, very high risk. Now, had the client analyzed the stock with the right knowledge, he would have found many, many, many reasons not to take the trade. So there was quite a few reasons not to take the trade. But I want to show you another example, a much more recent example. So let's take a look at an example on Balamese and how the same thing basically occurred with this stock. Now, with this stock, you can see here on the screen that uh, there was this huge bar. That last bar was, and that's a daily chart on your screen at the moment, and that last bar was the 24th of April this year. And you can see it made a huge move up. Now, a lot of people that aren't educated in the market would have seen that bar, would have seen the volume going through, would have seen it breaking through that previous high on that big outside bar at the start of the horizontal line. They would have seen all of that, and you would have had people entering into that trade thinking this thing is now going off because you've got to remember a2 milk balamese um you know and uh, what's another one? bubs now um, people have been excited about those stocks for the last year or two years and have made good money at them so people were jumping in hence that big last bar so let's move on to the next chart this is the weekly chart same time frame as you can see the 24th of april 2019 right there there is no reason to enter into that stock on a weekly chart there's no way known any of the rules that I have and I teach my students that would get you into that stock at that particular point in time. And like the other example where the, the trader or the, the client thought there was a resistance level, there wasn't a resistance level. And that's the point I was trying to make in that last example. There was no resistance at that point. But a lot of people think there's resistance when there's not. And I remember last week I was chatting to to you guys about it and saying, look, you know, how strong is that resistance? Is it just a little bit of a resistance or it's a really strong resistance? And you need to be able to quantify that, whether it's a strong reversal or not. And most people just can't do that, whether they, and, and whether it's candlestick charts, or whether it's patterns like that, whether it's reversal signals on bar charts, whether it's support and resistance. I find people don't understand what makes a level strong or weak and what makes something a turning point, what makes something a reversal signal or pattern stronger or weaker. And they don't understand that. And not understanding that causes you inconsistency, which is exactly what you guys have been telling me you're, you're having, you're struggling with consistency. You're struggling 
struggling with selling. You're struggling with managing your portfolios properly. Um, some of you know how to buy, but then really, do you know how to buy? And we've talked about that as well, about whether you know how to buy, because not buying correctly can give you inconsistency as well. So let's move on. That's the weekly chart. Now let's go to the monthly chart and look at the 24th of April. There. There's your monthly chart. And again, it doesn't suggest, whilst it's been rising a little bit, it doesn't suggest this stock is in a more medium to longer term bullish uh, trend at this point in time, even though it's Balamese. And as you can see, the two big upward moves prior to that were brilliant. But right at that point in time, Balamese was finding resistance. Um, and I won't go into all the levels of resistance, but it was actually doing that at that particular time. Now let's move a little bit further on and we can see here 13 trading days later. So nearly three trading weeks later, but 13 trading days later, Balamese was down at 24.58%. And you can see there that last big blue bar, that was 13 days past where the bar that I, the traders would have been buying in. And that's why over the period of those few weeks, I was getting a lot of people um, on this show and, and through our Facebook and that asking me about Balamese because they bought in. And that's part of the reason why I brought this stock up. Some of you may have even bought Balamese in that period of time. Some of you may still be holding Balamese, hoping for it to move up. And uh, we'll have a look at Balamese in a second. I'll bring it up and so we can have a look at the chart of what it's doing now. But you can see here how daily charts can make it very, very dangerous for you. And I will say to you, I'll just get out of this and we'll go back to the chart and I'll bring up Balamese on the chart. But I will say to you, daily charts... Where's Bellamy's? There it is. Daily charts are next to useless to you. And I'll say that again. Daily charts are next to useless to you. I don't care what time frame you trade under. They are next to useless to you. The only time I'll ever use a daily chart in my trading is if I'm looking for, to trade really short term with leverage and I'm looking for a tight exit. I will never, ever, ever buy based on a daily chart. It will never happen. It never has happened. It won't ever happen in the future. You always need to respect the bigger time frames. And, and how I talk about that, what I mean by that is in a in a schoolyard, you see the, the, the biggest bully is the biggest person and they bully everybody smaller than them. And that's really how it works. And in the market, the bigger trend is the dominant trend. You need to respect the dominant trend because it will bully the shorter term trends. And if you don't understand that, you're going to be highly inconsistent in your trading and you're going to make mistakes that will cost you a million dollars. Now, you may not think that it's going to cost you a million dollars, but the law of compounding suggests if I bought, if you bought Commonwealth Bank 20 years ago and you put $1,000 into it, it's average 20% plus per annum. If you just took the capital gains on that and compounded the capital gains on that, you'd have about $32,000 in about 18, 19 years. You'd have $64,000 in 21 years. Just $1,000 investment into combat. Go and work it out. Because it, if it's something is getting 20% per annum, then you just keep compounding it and that's the returns you're going to get. So by not being consistent in your trading and having lots of little losses and not getting the profits, it will cost you more than a million dollars over a lifetime, but it'll cost you a lot of heartache and pain, frustration, anger, all sorts of different things that we find out from people who come to us looking to help, looking for help to, to get their trading. But let's have a quick look at Balamese. Let's go onto the screen again. I'll take another sip of water. <clears throat> Excuse me again, guys. Um, but again, on your screen, look at Balamese here. Looking at that weekly chart, look at the monthly chart is bearish. Looking at that weekly chart, we're seeing it's diving. At this, We've got a little bit of support across here. 
but you're looking at these bars, one, two, three, four, five, six bars down to this low here at 770. Then we've got about three bars going through, um, pretty much opening and closing all at the same point. That means it's not falling at this point in time, but it's doing a bit of consolidation. And this may be just the institutional, the big big traders just stopping their selling at the moment. Because what happens is if you're a big shareholder of this and you're you're selling it, it you're selling it at ever, ever increasing or ever decreasing prices. But what we find is they pull back from their selling to allow price to stabilize and or drift up. And then they start selling again. Because if you've got millions of shares that you need to sell, uh, you've got to do it that way. Otherwise, you'll push price too much. And we do that. Janine and I do that when we're trading million dollar trades, etc., buying or selling. You will never see all the trade that we actually have. We will drip feed on some of the smaller stocks. We drip feed into them so we're not pushing price around. And we're a very, very small fund manager. We're not a big fund manager. We do place million dollar trades, two and three million dollar trades. Uh, and quite regularly we do that. Whereas the big fund managers, they might be placing 20, 30, 50, 100 million dollar trades. So when you're looking at the depth of the market, you actually really won't see what's going on because we will never tell you and neither, neither other the big players will tell you. So looking at the depth of the market is, is the fictional story to you. So if you sit there during the day watching the depth of the market, making decisions on that and looking at daily charts, that's a huge reason why you're inconsistent in with your trading and it will cost you a lot of money. Right now, all I can see is Balamese is falling. I need to assume it's falling uh, further and it will continue to fall until it tells me it doesn't. And that's why Janine and I constantly push trade on confirmation not speculation. So and uh, so, let's go and look at another question. Now, we've got another question. I think it's time we got into more stocks for everybody as well. But we've got a, a question from Matt. So hopefully you enjoyed that little bit on daily versus weekly charts. But uh, again, I know there's a lot of people out there would be thinking or be ignoring me. Um, and, and it happens all the time. People ignore me and go, and they just keep going on daily charts thinking they're doing the right thing because they only want to trade for the short term. I don't care what time frame you want to trade under, whether it's weeks or months or days or years, daily charts are next to useless to you. So I've said it one more time. So, but we have a question from Matt who asks, hi there, I won't be on to the live show last night, but can you please have a look at APT or Afterpay for me? So let's just have a look at Afterpay. I've got it up here somewhere, I think, APT. No, I haven't got it up there. I've got to bring it up. And one I forgot. Oh, there we go. Um, APT. It's a little bit strange doing the show without Janine, guys. It's a little bit harder too because I've got to look at the chat, answer questions, look at the thing screen. Where are you, Janine? Come on back. Um, looking at this, Afterpay is looking quite nice now, isn't it? Again, it's it's gone quite vertical. It came down in a nice sharp move, and that tended to worry a lot of people. Again, people without rules get worried a lot, and you can see this huge move over that period of time between the high and a 30% move, which has happened in one, two, three, four, five, six weeks. So a lot of people were panicking there. And if you're one of those, that means you don't have solid rules and you need to have a look at why you're trading this stock. But at this point in time, it's looking a little bit better, but it's not confirming to me that it will break through that high at 28.70, but it is looking better. Two nice strong bars. I'd probably think another week or two up. If it doesn't break through that and it starts to fall away, then this low probably would be um, in jeopardy of being broken or, or traded through at 1998. But if we only get one more bar up and it starts to fall away, the less it moves up now in time and price, 
the more bearish it will be, uh, if that makes sense, if it does turn. So if next week it starts to turn away, then it will go through that pretty quickly and, and head south. But if it heads up now for two, two, three, four weeks, if it breaks through that, all goes well. Um, but I'd be looking to really watch the angle of the move. If this is a really steep angle, then you'll find it will exhaust itself pretty quickly. So that's my take on Afterpay. Now, the next question we got is a really interesting one, actually. It's um, from Nikki who asks, Hi, what's your opinion on TNE? Um, I bought it at $7 and I'm looking for it to make $10. Now, you can see my response to her um, in uh, on the screen right now, analyzing or asking her, is that her analysis that made her come to that um, decision there? And she came back and answered me, hi, thanks for replying. I bought TNE after what I think was its fourth wave correction on the daily charts. I put a fib extension over it and its first level is $11.50. So I thought $10 would be a fair profit. Now, um, she's got Elliott Way principle being as subjective as it is. I was looking for another opinion. I've only just stumbled on these YouTube videos, but I really enjoy them. It has been a bit um, of the, it has a bit of the your money feel about it, which I was an ardent fan of. Janine and I used to do your money, your call for years and years on Sky Channel. Um, so that's probably why, because Sky Channel morphed into your money, um, which got axed quite recently. So Janine and I used to do that all the time, but we always wanted to make it a little bit more educational. So that's why we've got the charts and we're making it a little bit more educational for you. But uh, there was a few things there that was conflicting and, and I had a tiny little bit more of a chat with Nikki because looking at daily charts and I was wondering to you know what her portfolio was, whether it's short, medium, long-term outlooks, looking at Elliott Wave. Um, it I got that she's been doing a bit of education, but also got to feel that she doesn't have a very good education. Uh, and, and that's not trying to be rude to her, but how she's putting the structure of her questions together. I don't think she's got solid rules. I don't think she's got solid entry exit rules. I don't think she's really got a full hold on Elliott Wave. Elliott Wave is really an advanced technique and I find a lot of traders get into it thinking it's brilliant. And it is, I use Elliott Wave all the time in my trading. But um, to give you an example, um, we present at different um, traders, expos, Jenny and I have done that millions of times, or not millions of times, but a lot, if you know what I mean. Um, a lot of traders groups we've presented to. And interesting when I say to people who knows Elliott Wave, a whole lot of people put their hand up and when I say who can profit from it they all put their hand down which means most people aren't learning it properly um, and we don't teach Elliott Wave until our advanced course because you need to know a lot of other stuff first so the chart we need to bring up is TNE so let's go to the TNE and let me bring that up where is it TNE and we'll have a bit of a look at TNE now I'm not going to go onto a daily chart but that's one of the things now with Nikki she came back to me and she said see more more medium to longer term so there's some stock she's holding long term some she's doing really really short term so she's got a portfolio that's a little bit more put together in a ramshackle way and that's not how you put portfolios together and again I'm not trying to be rude to Nikki but a thing is you need to have a clear purpose for your portfolio and don't mix um, different strategies in with different portfolio styles. And it's probably a little bit hard for me to say, but uh, in terms of explaining it properly in, in the short time I've got here on YouTube, but everything needs to be congruent. You need to be congruent with your trading plan and your trading style. The stocks you buy and sell need to be congruent with who you are and your, and your portfolio and what you're trying to get and your outcomes you're going to try and get. Because what it is, it's about if you're going to have a holiday, 
you need to pick the destination and then you work out how you're going to get there and all the bits and pieces in between and what you're going to do when you get there. Same with trading. If you have a destination that you want to get to with your trading, you've got to have a complete plan to get you there. And a lot of people have this ramshackle pasted together type of ideas of what might they might do in hope of getting it right. Looking at TNA Technology One, it did go vertical. And at this point in time, it's come back quite sharply for a, a short period of time. But I'm not suggesting this is actually going to go bearish. I think right at the moment, we're in a conjecture here where it's going to fall away. And all of this through here on this weekly chart is suggesting to me that there's a lot of indecision on this stock right now. And it's quite possible it will fall over and it'll start breaking that. Now, looking at this, we've had this huge move down here. And if I put my um, uh, pointer thing on it, you can see 26.45%. So massive, massive move. And this would have panicked a lot of traders that don't have solid rules or aren't consistent in their rules or understanding the rules, which is pretty confident. Uh, conf I was going to say, uh, it's pretty common for people not to be confident in their rules and how they're trading. But right now, um, and that a lot of people would have been panicking, but right now I think this stock is not looking fantastic. I think it looks more bearish than bullish. If I put my other tool on, it's it's struggling right through here. And that to me, shares to me, looking at the bars, looking at short-term bar analysis. This is stuff we teach in our trading mentor course, short-term bar analysis for two grand. And it would save people thousands of dollars just by understanding that. It's super, super powerful technique for making money and protecting yourself. Right now, all of this looks very indecisive. If I mean, obviously, we've only got two bars of this week in this last bar because it's Monday and Tuesday's data. If it closed high and it closed above the high of last week, my opinion would change somewhat. But if this bar continues to trade lower and that close is lower, then my suggestion is this will fall below this point at $6.91 in the not too distant future. So not really, really good news for um, for Nikki. So I apologize for that, Nikki. So, but uh, let's get on to the next question. Now, the next question I've got is from uh, uh, Welltree who asked, hi, Dale and Janine, I'm wondering if you could have a look at Wes or Wes Farmers. It's recently hit an all time high before gapping down at 38.18 to a low of $35.09. And now I think it appears bullish. History of this stock suggests to me it will close the gap. I bought it at 36.52. It has since fallen slightly. Uh, still appears bullish to my eyes. I don't like relying on expert recommendations, but they are mostly sell. So he's saying most of the experts are have a sell with a target price of $30. So a lot of experts out there saying West Farmers is falling and it will hit $30. But he's saying, and this is affecting my psychology. Of course, it would affect your psychology if you've got experts out there telling you something contrary to what you're thinking. Um, he's asking, what are your thoughts? We'll uh, close the gap and challenge the recent high. Thanks for all your advice. I'm becoming a regular viewer and getting through your book, which I've enjoyed immensely. So, so far, keep up the great work. Um, so let's look at at Wes Farmers there. That's the next stock on here. And let's look firstly look at the monthly chart. And you can see here looking at that big sideways consolidation move up. Uh, it did break through the all-time high at this point in time. So that was 37.87. It broke through here. But if we look now at this monthly chart, a little bit indecisive because it had a big swinging move here. And this is where I'll put my little tool on. You can see here this one bar 
was 10% move in the month. So up and down um, in terms of that move and it's slightly closing a little lower. So I, I wouldn't get too worried about this wealth tree. I think it's looking all right. But let's look at the weekly chart at this point in time. Two bars into this week, Monday and Tuesday. Again, I'm like you with experts, with your psychology. Um, research is on experts. Now, I'm saying this knowing that I'm an expert. I'm an expert trader. I'm an expert analyst. But I say this with you, all the research I do on experts and all the research I've read on experts and um, when they collect all their recommendations, experts um, in the media, uh, I call them talking heads. They're people that talk about something but uh, and they're pushing a company line like a broking line or a fund manager line, that sort of stuff. And I'm not trying to be rude to them, that, but they're pushing that industry type of barrow. Now, experts, they're called experts. They only get it right around about 50% of the time, a good really good expert, they reckon gets it right about 60% of the time, a really good one. Janine and I get it right more than that because we're using technical analysis and a whole lot of stuff. And as I've said to you on our show before, we're uncut, uncensored, unleashed because it's this is our own company. You know, I am a responsible manager for our own AFSL license. So we own our own license. We're not beholding to any of the big four banks or any of the big institutions or any of the brokers. We buy and sell what we deem to be great for our clients so that we can make money for their portfolios and we teach true students how to do that themselves. So we're not having to get a paycheck from the big end of town and so doing what they want us to do. So really when you're looking at them talking about where's farmers being $30, often when experts are telling you a stock is going to rise, that means sell. Uh, if they're telling you it's going to fall, that means it's going to go up because they're often telling us or the average person on the street the opposite of what should be going on. So my suggestion to you, Wealthtree, is forget about looking at all the media and all the, the, the analysts out there telling you what they're doing or what you should be doing. In the end of the day, it's you having some solid rules and tools around how you're managing your portfolio, how you buy, how you sell, do your money management, your risk management. If you put all of that together and have confidence in those rules and tools, you'll be sleeping under a palm tree with your feet up, drinking pina coladas, not worrying about the market no matter what happens. And, you know, Janine and I have been through GFCs, tech wrecks, you name it. And all of the time when the market moves up and down, we're pretty calm about it. It doesn't matter how much it moves up and down. And the reason why we're like that is because we've got rules around things. We don't need to. If something triggers our rules, we make the action. If it, it triggers a buy rule, we buy. If it triggers a sell rule, we sell. And that's really what it's about. But good question. Right now, I think you're okay. If it does continue to trade up a little bit, where's farmers over the next few weeks, then I think it would go through that all-time high. If it starts to trade down, then that's your stop loss. Done deal. No problems at all. So let's have a look at the chat forum again. I'll put my glasses on so I can see what I'm doing. There's a, a lot of you there. I sort of missed out on that. I know I've got some stocks in here. Um, I did do I did Kogan, so I keep moving on. Um, we got equal CTG was one from um, Ecorso. I'm hopefully I am saying that correctly. Um, hi guys, can you cover CTG and that's corporate travel management? Um, again, this one looks quite bearish. Quick, quickly, so you see this move up from the high. It moved down into that low basically in November. Um, had a couple of months. Right now, it looks bearish. It looks continued bearish. I'd be staying out of this one. I'm not sure whether you're in it or you're not. 
whether you're looking to buy it, but I think there's more downside on this. And at this point in time, I would suggest it's going to go through $19.20 at this point in time. It's downtrending and there's no good news that I can see here on that one here. Uh, next one, RB said fees for your course. I've already mentioned that. Todd's talking about gold. Uh, um, look, it could be right there, Todd, I'm sure. Um, Janine would have a lot more of a discussion with you on gold. I won't get into her territory if that makes sense. Um, Gigi Sam says, hi Dale, A2 Milk. So can I have your opinion on A2 Milk? So that's the next stock I've got up here. A2 Milk, looking at that, you can see again, it's beautiful stock, moved up to a new all-time high back in April. Had a little bit of a pullback here, but it looks like it's just consolidating a little bit, um, finding a little bit of support. And I think it's going to start to go back up again here, even though we've had one, two, three, four, five, six seven sort of bearish sort of weeks here. I think that's just short term for this stock and we should start to see it move up again. Um, one thing that uh, does sort of worry me a little bit is the speed that it might do. Now looking at this, if I use my trend line and you can see the speed of this sort of move there, looking at that, I always like to, the speed of a stock will always continue to do the same sport. Jeez, I can't grab this. I'm having a really bad night tonight, aren't I guys? It won't give it to me. Come on. Oh, wait. One more go. It's not doing it. I was trying to compare the angle of this with this angle, and this angle is a hell of a lot steeper if you look at this. And so when you're looking at steeper angles, stocks, there we go. Look at, see, look at the steepest of that angle compared to the other one. It's, and obviously when it moves at fast speeds like this, it doesn't last a longer time. So whilst you've got a nice move up, and I think it will move up, I don't think it's going to be for like months and months. I think it might be a short lived. And you need to understand that all things run in momentum, speed in time and price. So understanding that and understanding that momentum is affected by all sorts of things. So look at my uh, market report for this week. I do talk about momentum, talking about speed and what affects a momentum. I think it was this week or was it last week? Can't quite remember. But one of my two Monday, last two Monday market reports, and you need to understand that momentum will slow down and you need to be aware of that because that could be an exit signal for you. But um, good looking stock at the moment. I think it is going to go up a little bit higher. So moving on, um, Brython14 says, hi, Dale and Jenny, what a charting platform? We've answered that one. Um, Gregory says, AOG. I don't think I've got any thoughts on that. AOG, let me bring that up. AOG, Aveo Group. Oh, okay, gotcha. Aveo Group. Yep, bearish. Um, looking, look at this big, big downtrend, looking not so good. This is interesting here, but it broke through these lows here, um, and it did so. It's had some pretty high volume in two days this week. So it'll be interesting to see whether it closes this little gap over this week and moves up. But right now, I think it's not that exciting to me. It's I'd put it on the, the pendulum swing to more downside at this particular time, but right now, um, it's not there for me. Um, I'm just trying to get a few through and a few more stocks for you guys. Uh, what do we got there? Um, uh, John John Australia said, hello, Dale and Janine. I believe now is a good time. Entry into SBM. Wow, there's lots more questions in there, guys. Um, let's go to SBM. Sorry if I'm not covering your stocks tonight, guys. Um, but it's really, really, really hard. Santa Barbara, we covered a little while ago. And it's showing a little bit null. Looking at this, that's a bearish signal, and that's again looking at the bigger time frame, not the shorter time frame. And that's really what you've got to watch here: is too many people see a stock fall away, 
um, only to get caught into things. So um, right now, very short term move up. I'd want to see a retest of this low before I got excited about it. So I'd want to see it move up, come back down again, make a higher low than this before I'd start getting a, a good look on it. And I know some people ask me, say, what are your thoughts on this and buying something in one month or two months time? Next week, I might change my view on this because of new data coming in, etc. But right now, um, uh, right now, I'm not getting excited about Santa Barbara. I'm not suggesting it's not going to go up, but at this point in time, as I said, I want a retest of here. But uh, before we wrap up tonight, there's a few more things I want to talk about, and I will look at one more stock tonight. But I just want to remind everybody, um, it's our last couple of days to take advantage of our June special offer to roll in our diploma of share trading investment and get $4,000 worth of bonuses. Plus, you get to get have a whole big session, one-on-one -on -one type session with Janine. I'm not sure why she volunteered for that, but she's obsessive of helping people trade. So she loves uh, doing that. So it's only the last few days. So if you do thinking, are thinking about getting into um, our course, now's a perfect time to give us a call and get onto the guys and get started for all of that. So let's go and look at another stock. Uh, one more stock. What do we got here? I've got, which one do I want to look at? I should pick one, wouldn't I? Um, but oh, here we go. Here's Benjamin saying, if you believe in annuities, just buy Macquarie Group. Um, they have a good handle on that as well. They do. Um, we've looked at Wes Farmers, Ben. So, um, have you looked at Telstra lately, Audrey? Well, well, I've never saw that name, Audrey. So, welcome to the channel. Let's have a look at Telstra then. Let's go and look at that, and that will finish us up for tonight, I believe. Otherwise, my producers and the guys are going to start yelling me, uh, yelling at me in the studio booth. So look at that. That looks bullish. See, this looks much better, doesn't it, guys, when you're looking at stocks? And, and this is interesting. Um, and one of the things I will say to you guys is a lot of people that watch this show and a lot of people that I meet um, out there on the streets, whether it's um, presenting at different um, places that I go, people telling me they're trying to trade and everything else. But then if you're not making 20% per annum, then what are you really doing? And, and this is the question I'd like to ask you. If all you did, my book, my first book, How to Beat the Managed Funds, was done prior to the GFC and didn't include the GFC. And in that book, we talk about just trading the top 20 stocks on the marketplace using monthly charts only, zero. And we averaged over 20% per annum, just on the top 20 stocks, monthly charts only, that's it. In my latest book, Accelerate Your Wealth, used the same 20 stocks, but we moved on the next 10 years from starting from January 2007, included the GFC, and we averaged, we have an average annual return of 12 point something percent, including the GFC. So if we took the GFC out, we'd be making 20% per annum. But I find a lot of people spend a lot of time going into the marketplace, looking at YouTube videos, spending 10, 20, 30 hours a week looking at YouTube videos, doing all sorts of things, watching. They get home from the from work, have a bit of tea, then start watching the US and overseas markets, and they have multiple screens, and they do all this stuff that's crap. Basically, it is really detrimental to your trading. If you're spending, if you're a trader and you're spending more than four or five hours a week trading, then you're spending too much time trading. Trading should be really, really simple. The less you trade, the more money you make. And if you're spending time watching these charts, watching the screens, uh, and spending 10, 20, 30 hours a week on trying to learn and trying to do things, then you really are spending a lot of your time wasting it. Remember the old 80-20 rule, spend 20% um, of your time on the, what's going to make you 80% of, or get you 80% of the results. But I find most people spend 100% of the time 
on the stuff that doesn't work. And that's why um, 80% of traders don't make money, 10% break even, and only 10% like us make money consistently. So looking at Telstra, you can see this stock is quite bullish. It's beautiful. It moved up, came down, found some support there above that previous low. I think this stock's medium to long-term bullish. Great stock for super funds. Great stock for medium to longer-term portfolios, playing a good dividend yield. Right now, it's looking nice and solid, so I think it's a really, really good pick there from uh, from the person that picked it. I can't remember your name. I, I do apologize for that. But um, okay, so we've... Uh, look, I hope you do have, you, have enjoyed tonight's show, if I can get my mouth working. So I've had two problems tonight. One is my mouth hasn't worked. And the second one, my little ticklish cough came back at the wrong time. So um, I thought I was over it for good. So, But I do hope you enjoyed tonight's show. And thank you very much for participating. Uh, and if you'd like to see the show grow, then remember to share it on your social media with your friends and colleagues. You know, the more people we have watching, the more we can do. And the more equipment I can buy, the better the studios I can buy, the better equipment, the more things that we can do for you and the more um, education we can give you. Um, obviously, we're constrained with YouTube, etc., but we'd love to do a hell of a lot more. So you'll be helping somebody else at the same time so they can make more money or lose less and not get caught in stupid types of things following the sheep, basically. Um, so the more people that join and, and the more people that share, that means everybody learns more and everybody benefits. Also, make sure you put this show up into your calendar so you're back online next week at Tuesday at 7 p.m. And if you can't be with us live next week, do what some of the people did this week. Uh, we're always happy to receive your questions. So send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. So, But that does bring us to the end of the show. We really hope you enjoyed it. And I know you missed Janine, not that anybody of you said that in the chat, but I know you did miss Janine and so did I. So, But uh, I do hope you enjoyed it, uh, even just me uh, on the channel here at this point in time. So as always, thanks for taking part and we'll see you again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.